You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Heart Health Awareness Month is coming to an end, but not before we learn about a little-known heart condition that mostly affects healthy women. Spontaneous coronary artery dissection, or SCAD, is the spontaneous tearing of the coronary artery wall. And like the name suggests, it's spontaneous, and doctors have yet to figure out the cause. But today, it's the number one cause of heart attack for women under 50 in this country. Today, we'll talk about it with SCAD survivor Nancy Holland. She's had three of the unexplained cardiac events in three years. Nancy, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Also with us is Dr. Anna Grodzinski. She's a cardiologist at St. Luke's, which is one of the only hospitals in the region with physicians specially trained to recognize and treat SCAD. Dr. Grodzinski, good to have you. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, Nancy, I'm so sorry you've had to deal with this. You've had uh, a heart condition called SCAD. It's caused you to have three cardiac events in three years. Doctors say it could happen again. How nerve-wracking is this for you and for your family? Well, it's something that we have learned to live with. I bet. Um, Doctors say it may never happen again, but it may happen in the parking lot this afternoon. So you, you start to... It, it adjusts to being your normal. I wish I could say that there was one day that it's not part of my mindset in right. some way, but unfortunately, it is something that I think of when I open my eyes in the morning and at night. I'm I'm thankful that I get to sleep in my bed versus an ICU bed. So, how successfully do you think you are managing your own emotions around this thing? I think I've been successful after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had my last events, it took quite some time to recover emotionally. Uh, something that my cardiologist said at the time was, you will heal physically from this a lot faster than you will emotionally. Mm. And that that gave me some, some hope. I, I realized that um, maybe I had a little bit of PTSD in dealing with it. Sure. So after a couple of months, I, I was much better of, of realizing that every little um, twinge you have during the day doesn't necessarily mean that there's another event about to happen. Chapped yeah. lips are okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you went into cardiac arrest while out to dinner. You woke up in a hospital thinking that maybe you had, you had been in a car wreck. What were your thoughts when they said you had gone into cardiac arrest? Did that even seem plausible that first time? Absolutely not, because at the time I was not a drinker, I wasn't a smoker, I exercised, I didn't do drugs, I I thought I was really living the healthy lifestyle. No and indication you were at risk at all. Not at all. I, I, you know, had good cholesterol, I had good BP, I wasn't diabetic. Um, but when I woke up in that ICU room, I mean, and you immediately know that it's a hospital room, that mm-hmm. you, you gather that, I 
immediately thought that it had been a car accident. And once I saw that my my two sons were okay, I thought, well, I can deal with everything else. But when my family told me that I had had a cardiac arrest, they said my eyes got so large that they were actually concerned, like, hey, we might have done something to really upset her into another event here. Um, it was just I was I was 45 years old. And like I said, I thought I was I was very healthy. Um, I never believed that a heart situation could impact me. I thought I was too healthy for those kind of things to happen. I thought, okay, the people who have heart attacks or any kind of cardiac arrest, they're the old silver-haired people who carry their oxygen. It it wasn't going to happen to someone in their 40s who was otherwise healthy. Well, two years after your first cardiac event, you had two more events 36 hours apart. What did doctors tell you at that time? You know, I was actually out of the country when those two events happened. Um, and I was actually in a country that didn't speak English. It was uh, oh in French Polynesia. So there was right. a lot of Google Translate. There was a lot of stuff getting lost in translation. Mm. Um, but they they hinted at something called FMD, which is fibromuscular dysphagia. And they said this what we're seeing with your arteries goes hand in hand with this situation or or this uh, phenomenon called SCAD. So they were the first ones to mention it to me. Use and it that was, acronym for you. Yes. Yeah. And immediately you start Googling. And, you know, when you're Googling which, which things, oftentimes is a oh, big it's, mistake. it's yeah. the worst thing you can do because yep. obviously you start reading things that, you know, are very, very scary, especially when you're half a world away. But when I got back to the United States, I immediately started looking for a SCAD specialist to determine, is this indeed what I have? And how do we move forward from this? Well, Dr. Grodzinski, we're talking here about spontaneous coronary artery dissection. It's called, yeah, The acronym is SCAD. My guess is not a lot of people have heard of it. What is it? Well, Steve, SCAD is a mouthful. It was a condition initially described about 100 years ago. Um, Mm. And this is what we call a non-atherosclerotic coronary heart condition. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, and in English, it means that this is an injury to the coronary blood vessel that happens as a result of a tear sometimes or a clot or a bruise sometimes causing narrowing of the artery and heart attack symptoms. Why would would the the artery tear? Why would there be a bruise? Why does this happen? So when it is spontaneous, uh, this means that it's not related to plaque in the artery or injury with instruments in the artery. Sometimes, and this is still um, an area of intense study, uh, the theory is that there is a genetic predisposition to this condition. Hmm. There are some genetic changes that can be linked or associated, but not necessarily a cause uniquely of this condition. And that then there are environmental triggers in, in some of our patients. And those environmental triggers can include things like elite level activity, heavy weight lifting, stress, whether that's psychological or physical stress. Right. And uh, so so what we do know is that this is a condition that more often affects women. Over 90% of our patients with coronary dissection wow. are women. And so there's, uh, there's felt for that reason to be also a hormonal influence. We know that this is a condition mm. mm-hmm. that is the leading cause of heart attack around pregnancy and uh, frequently around perimenopause. So those hormonal influences. Is it a heart attack? Yes, it most often presents as a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Yes, with narrowing of the artery. Nancy, did you have any, you know, genetic uh, indicators here? Did your family suffer from this? Any idea? 
No, I had no idea. You know, my dad, um, as he's grown older, he's had heart issues. But at the time when I was having my stuff, we had no idea whatsoever that I had any kind of heart issues. Yeah. We'll be back in just a minute. You know, Nancy, doctors had three cardiac events in a matter of just a few years. You know, it's startling stuff. Are there symptoms people like Nancy should be on the lookout for to know something like this might happen again? It's a great question. And Nancy's story uh, within this condition is not altogether unusual in that often this condition presents in women who don't have traditional risk factors for coronary heart disease or plaque-related coronary events. And so sometimes symptoms of chest discomfort, chest pressure, whether that's throat, arm, tooth, jaw, shoulder blade, shortness of breath, can be kind of a a, a pre- a preceding symptom, but not always. Often this is an event that occurs over the course of hours or days and evolves over that period of time. You know, are most hospitals now equipped to deal with SCAD or is that still something of a, of a cutting edge situation? Mm-hmm. So as of about five years ago, when cardiologists were surveyed at our, our big meeting, the American Heart Association, less than 50% of cardiologists uh, surveyed noted that they were very aware of this condition. But due wow. to wow. efforts uh, within pro- public service uh, announcements within our cardiovascular uh, research and dissemination strategies and are, are speaking about this condition, now the degree of awareness is much greater. Many hospitals are equipped to diagnose this condition, but it can be a difficult condition to diagnose in the cath lab and sometimes require special tools to be used that not all facilities may have. Special tools like what? Those tools might include uh, special intravascular, what we call blood vessel imaging in the cath lab above and beyond catheters alone. Putting um, a camera, putting a camera up the arteries, that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. During that coronary angiogram where the diagnosis is made most often, sometimes additional tools like ultrasound are needed. Is it possible to diagnose this before it would occur for the first time? It is not. It's a great question and wow. often a question we receive about screening uh, or or likelihood of uh, this event or the risk of this event occurring in the future. And unfortunately, while we know that there are some risk factors that might predispose one to a recurrence, we don't have a way to determine to really personalize that risk to each individual. So that's why the follow-up with your cardiologist is so important. And to be seen by cardiologists who have a focus on, on care of spontaneous coronary dissection. But again, to be clear, even if someone, a cardiologist, is really familiar with this, guessing that it could happen to any one woman ahead of time, you're saying probably not. Correct. Yes. Yeah, sometimes um, this condition can cluster in families. And, and uh, in those families, we have a higher degree of suspicion uh, if there are some symptoms of chest discomfort or shortness of breath to, to look for this condition. But that that is rare. Wow. Often this is a, a unique condition that um, that occurs in a unique individual outside of a family pattern. Well, Nancy, you got really lucky because there was a young manager working at the restaurant where you collapsed during your first cardiac arrest who knew CPR. Yes. How important was that? Oh, my goodness. He is truly my my hero. Um, he 
was a 25-year-old restaurant manager who had learned CPR once he became the manager of the restaurant. His mom had insisted upon it. And when I went down with the cardiac arrest, he immediately jumped in and kept me viable until the AEDs, until the paramedics, until the medical staff could really work their magic. And, you know, I, I... like I said, he is truly my hero. And from one mom to his mom, I can never thank her enough for instilling that lesson and insisting upon him learning CPR. And that's something that I tell everyone that I speak to. If you don't know CPR, please go spend the 30 spend or 40 it, yeah, minutes it is it to learn that life-saving skill because it can give someone else years. Well, that's SCAD survivor Nancy Holland, also joined by Dr. Anna Grodzinski, a cardiologist over at St. Luke's. Thank you both for sharing your story. And uh, Nancy, we're pulling for you. All the best to you. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. You bet. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.